Welcome to the Willie Jackson Experiment. I'm your host, the one, the only, Willie Jackson. Alright, so I have a great show for you guys uh, this week. Um, I'm do- still doing the superhero series, um, and I always wondered about Wolverine. Where did he come from? What was the whole story? So I'm kind of learning about that this week. Um, I ran into some pretty cool tunes uh, that I will be adding to the Mile High Metal uh, playlist. So check that out over on Spotify. Um, And it's pretty cool. I mean, I've actually been going through my playlist and I'm like, man, a lot of these I didn't even remember doing. Uh, I did like an actual Russian one. I've done a German one. I did, you know, a bunch of metal from different countries that... I never even knew existed so uh, it's pretty cool to throw those into a playlist and kind of explore new metal as well as kind of like learning about Wolverine so this week uh, I'm adding Entombed to the playlist and uh, it is the uh, Wolverine song so uh, it's pretty cool I ran across that actually sounds pretty cool Uh, as well as we're just gonna be throwing in some audio from different podcasters out there, different, uh, you know, people on YouTube. So I'll try to add their description in with um, their audio and try to boost up their channel at the same time. So um, when I uh, use different stuff, I use a lot of stuff from uh, 331E-Rock. I use stuff from uh, Lars Von Retriever. And we always uh, love doing Metal Trump at the beginning of the show. So I really appreciate the help from all those guys and uh, really appreciate everyone for joining me every week and enjoy this week's topic, Wolverine. So have a good week and uh, make every day an easy day. Peace out. Yeah. 
could give you hundreds of clips like that. Take a look to the sky just before you die. It's the last time you will. Black and roar, massive roar, fills the crumbling sky. Shattered throw, fills his own with a ruthless cry. Stranger, now his eyes is mystery. You hear the silence so loud. Crack of dawn is gone, except the will to be. And now they see what will be. Blinded eyes to see. From home the bell toll. Marches on. Would anybody like to sing? From home the bell We will make metal great again. And we will make America metal again. Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. American metal is respected again. Remember that. Respect it again. When he finally broke into the secret lab in the Nazi concentration camp, the professor uncovered a notebook that spoke of forced evolution, of mutation, and the creation of super soldiers. The professor took this idea like a black seed back to the United States government. After the success of Project Rebirth and the creation of Captain America, it was easy selling them on what he called Experiment X, the purpose to engineer a powerful and highly controllable team of mutant assassins to be used at the discretion of the CIA. They agreed, and the Black Seed took root. The subject, James Howlett, aka Logan, a mutant of Canadian origin born in the 19th century. But it was the subject's unique ability to heal that made Logan the ideal candidate for the adamantium bonding process. They poured hot metal over his bones, scrambled his mind in drugs and visuals and adrenaline, and turned him into an unstoppable killing machine. Here was the black seed grown into a red flower of violence. Here were the professor's dreams made flesh, but his long and dark quest for knowledge ended with one final lesson. This one written in blood and scrawled with 12 inches of metal-coated claw. Violence is uncontrollable. You cannot possibly contain an unstoppable killing machine. No one can contain the Wolverine. Welcome. Our subject today is Wolverine.
Greetings, true believers, and welcome to another uncanny episode of History of the Marvel Universe. The story of Wolverine is a long and complicated one. It's been retconned, retold, and rewritten many times over the years. This video is my attempt at taking all of that, focusing on the most important, interesting, or relevant aspects, and arranging them chronologically or in a way that's streamlined but true to the actual canon. This is the origin of Wolverine. Our tale begins at the Howlett Estate in Alberta, Canada during the late 1800s. Here lived the married couple of John and Elizabeth Howlett, with John's father, a disapproving and angry old man, often being around. After the death of their first child, John Jr., Elizabeth grew cold and despondent, neglecting her younger son, James. Fortunately, James was able to befriend two other children who were often on the property. There was Rose, an orphan girl who moved in as a companion for James, and Dog, the son of the groundskeeper, Thomas Logan, who lived at the bottom of the hill. What James didn't know was that his mother had had an affair with Thomas Logan, and that he and Dog were half-brothers. For a time, James was happy with his friends and family, However, his father and grandfather were constantly butting heads, with the old man accusing his son of being too soft. Things were even worse for Dog, as his father would drunkenly batter him for daring to associate with his wealthy employers. And as the children grew, Dog grew more bitter, his childhood crush on Rose developing into an obsession. This culminated when Dog attempted to assault Rose, only to be caught by James. James ran off to tell his father, allowing Rose to strike her distracted attacker and escape. Thomas Logan was warned to keep his child in line, but that night, in a fit of rage, Dog attacked James. This prompted John Howlett to fire Thomas Logan, expelling him from the estate. Surprisingly, Thomas did not blame his son for this, and instead plotted to convince Elizabeth to come with them and escape. With his son holding Rose at gunpoint, Thomas broke into the Howlett estate and attacked John. James awakened from the commotion and emerged from his room just in time to see his father murdered by Thomas Logan. This was when James Howlett's latent mutant power first manifested and three bone claws emerged from each of his hands. Claws which buried themselves in Thomas Logan's chest, killing him, and raked across Dog's face, scarring him permanently. Completely unhinged by the experience, Elizabeth drove her son away, with Rose following after. Unable to deal with what she had seen, Elizabeth Howlett then took her own life. Wishing to avoid scandal, but also wanting to give his last remaining descendant a chance to live, the elder Howlett renounced his grandson, ordering Rose and James to leave by train, and providing them with the money to do so. The pair made their way west to British Columbia, where they took refuge in a mining town to the north. With James's claws having retracted again, Rose claimed he was her cousin, giving him the name Logan so that he could work at the quarry. The work was hard, but over the years, James, now Logan, adapted to it. The foreman, Schmitty, was firm but fair, and protected young Logan from the violently jealous Cookie Malone. 
But as Logan grew, his mutant healing factor developed, making him stronger and he became a skilled hunter. He began spending his nights in the wild with the wolves, where he could unsheath his claws and embrace his bestial nature. Meanwhile, Rose and Schmitty grew close and eventually were engaged to be married. Back in Alberta, in his dying days, Old Man Howlett found himself regretting letting his grandson escape and tasked the now adult Dog Logan with tying up his loose ends. Working through his frustrations, Logan began participating in cage fights at a nearby bar, where his small size and ferocious fighting style earned him the nickname The Wolverine. When Logan was to face Cookie in the ring, Dog attempted to even the odds by giving Cookie a set of brass knuckles. However, Logan was victorious nonetheless. Then, when Schmitty entered the ring, Logan took a dive, letting the older man win so he could use the prize money to start a new life with Rose. But, outside, when the fighting was done, Logan was attacked by Dog. He unsheathed his claws to fight back, but before he could finish his foe, Rose ran forward attempting to stop him, accidentally impaling herself on the sharp protrusions. Rose died almost immediately from her injuries, and the man known simply as Logan disappeared into the wilderness. Schmitty ran after him and tried to call him back, but it was too late. His friend was gone. Logan spent the next several years in the Canadian wilderness, living and hunting alongside a pack of wolves he befriended. However, this ended when a hungry polar bear strayed down into their territory and attacked. Thanks to his rapid healing, Logan was able to survive the ensuing encounter while the bear did not. However, the corpse left behind gave rise to rumors of a man-sized beast dwelling in the forest. This led to the circus ringmaster, Hugo Haversham, taking his crew out in search of the man-beast. A quarry he soon found thanks to the skills of his expert tracker, Saul Creed, another mutant with enhanced senses and healing. Logan was savage and feral, but calmed by Saul's sister, Clara, an animal trainer and fellow mutant. Logan was caged and made a part of Haversham's show, but was soon abducted and examined by the twisted geneticist Nathaniel Essex, later known as Mr. Sinister. Clara convinced Saul to help her free Logan, and the three mutants escaped, However, Essex's notes on mutants will come into play later. Clara helped Logan regain some of his lost humanity, re-educating him and helping him to reintegrate into society. However, Saul Creed betrayed them by revealing their location to Nathaniel Essex. After a confrontation with Essex, Logan found out what Creed had done and, in a blind rage, drowned him, killing Saul and ruining his relationship with Clara. Sometime after this, Logan took up residence in a small frontier community in the Rocky Mountains, where he met the man known as Sabretooth, himself a mutant with powers similar to Wolverine. It was also around this time that Logan began a relationship with an aboriginal woman named Silverfox. However, what Logan didn't know was that Sabretooth was Saul Creed's brother, Victor. After several months of Logan living peacefully with Silverfox, out of jealousy and vengeance, Sabretooth brutally assaulted and killed Silverfox on Logan's birthday. 
This, of course, led to a savage battle between the two mutants and began their decades-spanning rivalry. In this battle, Sabretooth was the victor, and Logan left the community in defeat and mourning. Apparently during all of this, the enigmatic villain known as Romulus was manipulating events behind the scenes, although Logan did not learn of Romulus's existence for many decades. Many of the coincidences and contrivances throughout Logan's past could be attributed to Romulus's machinations, and in fact, we know that for many of their encounters, Sabretooth was either manipulated or working for Romulus. Venturing deeper into the mountains, Logan found employment as an enforcer for the Hudson Bay Company. He mostly kept a low profile during this time, although he did befriend another group of Blackfoot natives and aided them in a battle against a demonic worm. Throughout all of this, his mind was suppressing memories of traumatic events, such as his supernatural foe, his bone claws, and even most of his childhood. In fact, it's been reported that Wolverine and Sabretooth first battled sometime earlier in Japan, an encounter orchestrated by Romulus that Logan seemingly forgot. It was apparently during this early trip to Asia that Logan first visited the island nation of Madripoor and met several future allies, although the details of these events are unclear. What we do know is that several years later, during World War I, Logan enlisted with the Canadian Army, and while he subconsciously suppressed any realization of having superhuman powers, his superiors took notice. He was assigned to a special unit called the Devil's Brigade under the command of the sadistic and super-strong Silas Burr. Burr was a sociopath and a murderer, and after Logan began to grow close to a woman named Janet, Burr, in a fit of rage, beat the woman to death. Logan attempted to stand up to his commanding officer, who then savagely battered the smaller man with his superhuman strength and tore out his left eye. These events, too, were suppressed in his memory as Logan's healing factor attempted to paper over the trauma but the psychological scars began to run deeper. While the eye patch he wore inspired an alias he would use some years later, Logan recovered and continued to fight, encountering more of the supernatural and superhuman both during and after the war, all while denying his own true nature. Seeking an escape from the pain and suffering he'd endured to that point, Logan returned to Asia, attempting to adopt a more cavalier persona. It was during this time that Logan first met the seemingly immortal samurai warrior, Ogun. At this time, Ogun was an officer in the Japanese army stationed in China. When Logan intervened in a conflict between Ogun's soldiers and the local citizens, Ogun was so impressed that he, possibly sensing Logan's potential, offered to train him at his dojo. Logan declined, continuing to use a carefree persona to mask his pain, but kept the samurai's offer in mind. In the early 1930s, Logan returned to the island of Madripoor under the alias Patch. Here, he reunited with Seraph, a diminutive but formidable woman who became both a mentor and lover. Logan may have been looking for peace, but the organization that Seraph worked for was controlled by Romulus, and so she began molding him into a more effective assassin. This was also so he could help her combat the dangerous ninja death cult known as the Hand. 
To this end, Logan traveled to Japan and sought out Ogun for teaching. He spent several years learning honor and discipline, but ultimately left to continue his adventures without completing his training. Throughout the 1930s, Logan journeyed across the globe, eventually being instructed by Seraph's organization to learn espionage from the Russian spy Taras Romanov. During his training, Logan also passed down what he had learned to Taras's adopted daughter, a young Natasha Romanov. Natasha looked up to Logan and began to affectionately refer to him as her little uncle. However, this arrangement ended when Logan completed his mission from Serith by assassinating Taras Romanov. Then, with the Second World War breaking out across Europe, Logan returned to Madripoor. It was during this time that Logan first met and fought alongside a newly created Captain America, as they and a man named Ivan Petrovich rescued Natasha Romanov from a coalition of hand ninja and Nazi soldiers. After that, Logan rejoined the Canadian military to continue the fight in Europe and was again assigned to the Devil's Brigade. Over the course of the war, he fought against Axis forces and the agents of Hydra, alongside the likes of Captain America, Bucky, and Sergeant Nick Fury. During one mission early in the war, Logan received orders from Seraph to assassinate Cap and Bucky. However, Logan disobeyed and allowed himself to be defeated by the American heroes, creating a rift between he and Seraph. And over the following years, Logan experienced the horrors of war firsthand from both sides, making him colder and more cruel. And because of that, after the war ended, Logan sought redemption and returned to Japan. He traveled to Jasmine Falls and met with an old master named Bando Saburo, who he had learned of while training with Ogun. During this time, Logan met a woman named Itsu. The two quickly fell in love, and after several years, they married and conceived a child. For the first time since living with Silverfox, Logan felt truly at peace. However, Romulus conspired behind the scenes and manipulated the brainwashed Soviet assassin known as the Winter Soldier into murdering Itsu. Logan did not learn until decades later that, thanks to his inherited healing factor, his son survived and was abducted by Romulus. This child eventually returned under the name Dokken, but that's a tale for another day. With his second chance at peace snatched away from him, Logan returned to the life of an international mercenary, accepting missions from various government organizations with his finances being handled by Landau, Luckman and Lake, a company he'd previously done dealings with back in Madripoor. After some brutal assignments, ostensibly originating from Romulus, Logan again returned to Jasmine Falls to continue his meditation, but Chang, an employee of LL&L, recruited him into one more mission. They successfully defeated the interdimensional warlord known as Kimura, but when Chang offered Logan a position at the company, he chose to continue following his own path instead. A path that, by the early 1960s, led to Logan joining the CIA-affiliated Black Ops team known as Team X. While Logan's memories were already fragmented and incomplete due to decades of trauma, this is the point where they began to be actively destroyed. 
Logan was shocked to find that his old nemesis, Sabretooth, had also been recruited into Team X, but the two were able to work together after memories of their past encounters were suppressed. And Sabretooth was not the only figure from Logan's past to return, as Silver Fox, seemingly having survived her injuries, also joined Team X. At this point in his life, the truth of Logan's past was more muddled than ever, and exactly how much the members of Team X remembered about their previous encounters is unclear. At one point, it was even called into question whether Logan and Silver Fox's previous relationship actually happened, or if it was a false memory that was implanted by Team X's psionic operative Aldo Faro, aka Cyborg. It has since been established that their life together at the cabin, as well as Silver Fox's apparent death, did in fact happen, which opens up the possibility that the Silver Fox that was on Team X was actually an imposter of some sort. This theory could potentially be bolstered by the fact that on a mission to Cuba in 1963, this Silver Fox betrayed Team X and even later joined Hydra. However, there was even more happening behind the scenes of Team X. You see, Team X was named thus because it was secretly one facet of the clandestine Weapon X program, itself the tenth iteration of the Weapon Plus program. Weapon Plus was started in the aftermath of World War II, with the purpose of creating more super soldiers, following the success of Captain America, who they retroactively dubbed Weapon One. One of the key figures in the program was a man named Truett Hudson, better known by his codename Professor Thornton, or simply The Professor. In the closing days of World War II, while investigating a laboratory within a Nazi camp, the professor discovered a journal belonging to Nathaniel Essex. And so, while the different iterations of Weapon Plus explored different types of test subjects, the tenth version, Weapon X, focused on experimenting on mutants. And so, while Wolverine was a member of Team X, the scientists of Weapon X studied and tested the limits of his healing factor, using what they learned to endow the other members with similarly extended lifespans. They also determined that one of the few things capable of subverting this healing factor was the radioactive metal carbonadium. However, after one test of the metal's effect, Logan recovered more quickly than anticipated and attacked before they were able to alter his memories again. He even began to regain the memories that were lost to him, but wanted to keep his revelation secret for the moment. And so he rendezvoused in Germany with Sabretooth and another Team X member, Maverick, for the mission they'd been assigned. Their job was to steal a device called the Carbonadium Synthesizer from Russian scientists hiding in Berlin, and to extract their double agent, Janus Hollenbeck. However, when the group was attacked by the experimental Soviet super-soldier Omega Red, Sabretooth shot and killed Hollenbeck, considering her a liability. As for the sea synthesizer, Logan entrusted it to his teammate Christoph Nord, aka Maverick, knowing he could trust him to keep it hidden. 
After that mission, Logan left Team X, but of course the men behind it would continue to keep tabs on him. He was apparently manipulated into performing more brutal work during the Vietnam War in the late 1960s, but in the early 70s, Logan returned home to Canada and joined the Defense Ministry branch, Department K. During his years there, he worked with several American agents, including Nick Fury, Richard and Mary Parker, and Carol Danvers. It was also during this time that Logan again encountered Sabretooth, this time working with the notorious Hellfire Club. Logan learned of the club's plans to start a war between mutants and humans, but his superiors refused to listen to his warnings. Disillusioned and deeply troubled by everything that had happened to that point, Logan turned to drugs and alcohol, testing the limits of his healing factor as seven decades of pain and suffering began to catch up to him. Then, after accidentally shooting a fellow operative while practicing on a shooting range, the man called Logan was disgraced and dismissed from Department K. And this, finally, is where the disparate threads of this story start coming together. Throughout all of this, Romulus was working behind the scenes, manipulating events and pulling strings to transform Logan into a weapon. And for some reason, Romulus had a strange fixation on the Hudson family, and had been using them in his plans this whole time. For example, after the apparent death of Silver Fox, Logan gained employment doing dirty work for the Hudson Bay Company, which was owned by Elias Hudson. In the days of World War I, the training facility where Silas Burr tormented Logan was run by Frederick Hudson, Elias Hudson's brother. And furthermore, those two also had a sister, Elizabeth Hudson, Logan's mother. And that's not all, since, as we mentioned earlier, the professor who played a part in the founding of the Weapon Plus program was Truett Hudson. And this, of course, is what led to the linchpin in all of Romulus's schemes, the Weapon X program. Logan intended to lose himself in the Yukon, seeking an escape from his past sins and refuge from the war between mutants and humans that was to come. However, before he could do so, he was attacked and abducted by agents of Weapon X. This is where, under the orders of Romulus, the professor and his assistants, Abraham Cornelius and Carol Hines, conducted the inhumane Experiment X. Logan was placed into suspended animation, and his body was hooked up to tubes of molten adamantium, a metal which, when solid, was virtually unbreakable. In a process that would kill any normal man, the liquid metal was piped, slowly and steadily, into Logan's body, coating his entire skeleton in the indestructible substance. While Logan miraculously survived the procedure thanks to his healing factor, his mind did not, and his memories were fragmented and destroyed. This, of course, was an intentional part of the plan to transform Logan into a mindless weapon. However, the professor was apparently unaware of Wolverine's claws, and was shocked to see them emerge, also coated in adamantium. 
This, of course, was treated as an unexpected boon as they used their machines to test and control their new weapon. But while Logan's memories were almost completely wiped away, he still retained some semblance of humanity. Furthermore, the Professor, Cornelius, and Hines could not maintain control over their creation, and after another test, Logan slaughtered the security force meant to retrieve him and escaped into the wilderness. The feral Logan wandered the woods, surviving on whatever game he could find, until the day he came across a married couple on their honeymoon, Heather and James Hudson. Logan attacked and James opened fire, only to be knocked down. However, Heather picked up the gun and shot the wild man in the back. Logan of course survived the bullet, but his healing factor had been severely overtaxed and weakened by Experiment X. The Hudsons, feeling sympathy for him, brought Logan back to their cabin where Heather nursed him back to health while James went to get help. During this time, Logan recovered enough of his humanity to be horrified by the metal claws protruding from his hands, a pain that Heather helped ease. In addition, James McDonald Hudson was the head of Department H, a secret arm of Canada's Ministry of Defense. With the help of Department H, Logan's mind was able to recover, and he began to remember some figures from his past, such as Seraph, Ogun, and Captain America. But much of his life was still a mystery. He was examined by Dr. Myron McLean, an expert on adamantium, and learned that the metal had been molecularly bonded to his entire skeletal structure. Shortly after, he was attacked by the likes of Sabretooth and Hydra, but was rescued by his old allies, Nick Fury, Carol Danvers, and Natasha Romanoff. However, at the time, he remembered none of these figures from his past. Following this, Logan worked as an operative for Department H and the Canadian Armed Forces for some time. However, following the public debut of the Fantastic Four in the United States, Canada wanted a super team of their own, and Department H changed focus to make that happen. Logan was given his first superhero costume and dubbed himself the Wolverine. James asked Wolverine to lead the team he was putting together, but Logan sought guidance and traveled to Madripoor to ask Seraph for advice. However, Seraph and her new student Viper were embroiled in a conflict with Romulus's forces, including Sabretooth. During that battle, Seraph gave her life to save Logan, her sacrifice inspiring him to take Hudson up on his offer. James McDonald Hudson completed his battle armor and became Weapon Alpha, while Logan, potentially pulling the name from his subconscious, was Weapon X and the two joined Canada's first super team, The Flight. Donning his iconic yellow costume, Logan began doing covert missions for Department H in preparation of his public debut as Wolverine. Meanwhile, it was decided that The Flight would be divided into three divisions, Gamma, Beta, and Alpha Flight. While that was being prepared, Logan took the opportunity to seek advice once again and traveled to Japan to reunite with his old sensei, Ogun. However, in the decades since their last meeting, Ogun had become a heartless assassin, having fallen to the temptation of dark magics. 
Ogun sought to bring Wolverine under his employ as well, but Logan escaped and returned to Canada, eager to leave behind his former mentor and resume his superhero work. Not long after that, the Wolverine would find the challenge he felt he needed when the Incredible Hulk came to Canada. Weapon X was dispatched to deal with the threat, and Wolverine intervened in a battle between the Jade Giant and the supernatural creature known as the Wendigo. The Wendigo was the first to fall as the other two combatants focused on it before turning their attention back to each other. With both Wolverine and the Hulk possessing incredible stamina, neither opponent would stay down for long. After six hours, the Royal Canadian Air Force arrived on the scene, declaring Wolverine's mission a failure, and deploying a powerful sleeping gas to knock out the Hulk. After this, Logan began to grow disillusioned with his work for Department H. He looked like a superhero, but ultimately he was still just a weapon for the Canadian government to unleash. But Wolverine's battle with the Hulk did catch the attention of one man. A man who used his immense psychic power to arrange a meeting and make Logan an offer. A man named Professor Charles Xavier. Xavier offered Wolverine a chance. A chance to be a free agent and do good outside of the confines of government agendas. To stand with his fellow mutants and be more than just a weapon. James Hudson tried to convince him not to leave, but Logan's mind was made up. That was the day that the man known as Wolverine left Department H behind and joined the X-Men. And that is the origin of Wolverine. But thank you so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed it, please leave a like, share the video, and subscribe for more marvelous content. Be sure to leave a comment letting me know what Marvel hero or villain you want to hear about next, and as always, the issues referenced in this video are listed in the description below if you would like to read them for yourself, as well as links to other places you can find me. So until next time, true believers, Excelsior!